Hey guys, this is Dagon123, and welcome to... Dagoncast! Hello everyone, and welcome to the next exciting episode of TenchiCast, presented by TenchiForum.com. Tenchi Muyo has had a small release of games, the majority of which were very simplistic and all in the Sega Saturn, but the game that every Tenchi fan thinks of when Tenchi Muyo and game are said in the same sentence is Tenchi Muyo Game Hen. Today with me I have a fantastic cast, Chuck. We now return to your regularly scheduled Tenchi cast. Pi. What's up, yo? And JG. I'm back. Did you miss me? First and foremost, did you enjoy the game when you played it? Oh, well, that's probably the easiest question I've ever been asked in a Tenchi cast, and the answer is unequivocally yes. It was certainly a different experience from most games that I've played, but uh, that's mainly because I never really played too many uh, Super Nintendo games, and that is what this game was released on, or... The Japanese version, which is the Super Famicom, but it's the same thing. Um, I, I did really enjoy it. It was it was fun to actually play a game with all the Tenchi cast members there, and to be able to explore more facets of the sh- of the show's backstory. Not so much backstory of the show itself, but things that never really get shown in the show, like some characters that are brand new show up, and there's a whole story that. Uh, that only happens in the game, so it's like a brand new episode of Tenchi, but you get to play it, and it's customizable, and it's it's just it's a really fun experience, and I think every every Tenchi fan out there who has the ability should definitely play the game because it is it is very fun to actually not just watch a Tenchi adventure, but be part of it yourself. And so I I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was well worth well worth any anyone's time, especially if they're a Tenchi fan. I have an interesting experience with this game. When I played first, I w- it was back in 97, 98, 99, right around there, when I first went to college. And I got a hold of the ROM, got an emulator. I think this was actually before the pa- game was patched in English. So all of the menus when I first played the game were in Japanese. So I had to figure out what the hell was going on and what each, each command meant, and it was very much a puzzle just to figure out how the game worked. So, but I stuck with it because Tenchi's my thing, and when I every every little thing I figured out was a victory. It was it was glorious. I got Tenchi to move around move around the thing, and especially the thing that surprised me the most is when they started I started leveling the characters up, and they got new techniques. When I first saw Tenchi whip out the Lighthawk wings and to nuke the entire screen. I was like, <laughs> yes! And increasingly so, there are several hidden characters in the game. You can get Azaka and Kamidake, the two guardians. You can get you can, you can get Yukonojo, of all characters, uh, as a playable character. And you get the entire, just about the entire play, entire main cast in your party. The gameplay is very much reminiscent of Final Fantasy Tactics. It's a tactical turn-based RPG. Characters level up. They learn two techniques. You have to arrange characters in partic- in a in a rectangular battle grid with uh, different uh, obstacles like pits of water, pits of air, vacant space, a whole lot of other things. It's very very interesting gameplay. I think it's a simplified version of Final Fantasy Tactics. For example, you don't really have a class system. The characters are pretty much 
set in what techniques they learn. You can't like mix mix and match uh, techniques. But all in all, the game the gameplay itself is very very fun for me. The plot was actually was actually very interesting. It's, Chuck alluded to earlier, it's very much a another chapter of Tenchi Muyo. If you are very much in love with the story, please play the English version unless you know Japanese, and you get another episode of Tenchi, but this one is much more interactive. You get to choose which locations you go to, in which order you go to, and the plot actually changes depending upon which, well, minorly, depending upon which locations you go to, and that can affect which characters you pick up at what times. Well, I did enjoy it quite a bit. It is, it's not a game to be necessarily taken lightly because you will end up dying in several spots pretty frequently, depending on how you set up your loadout. And like uh, Chuck and Pi said, there is a pretty good variety of characters. I went with a kind of a heavy set, you know, Yosho and Zaka and uh, Ryoko type build and stuff with that in it. But even then, you still get pretty well kicked down. So it's, it's got a good, difficulty level it's got that classic kind of feel to it the graphics for being sprite based are really good too um there's a lot of variety in the backgrounds and some of the videos and stuff that make it look really good for its age the music in it was pretty good i'd have to say the story is very similar to a chapter or section of the manga it feels very much like a gameized version of that um, you've also got a little bit of the Daughter of Darkness movie in there a little bit, it feels like, because you're pulling from the universe cast of characters. And it's kind of got the whole Yazuha and uh, Mayuka thing going for it with enemies. It, it's a good game, and, you know, I enjoyed it. I did spend probably, you know, about 11, 12 hours, I guess, to run through it in one shot. So, yeah, I'd say if you are a diehard Tenji fan, it would be a good thing to try and set up in an emulator, which really isn't all that hard these days. I personally, just like everybody else here, I enjoyed the game. It is much different than any other Tenchi game in that it is arguably actually a game. The majority of other Tenchi games, if you didn't know there were other Tenchi games, most of them came out, the majority of them came out, on the Sega Saturn, which with, you know, odds and ends coming out on the PC Engine or the PCFX or PlayStation and whatnot. Uh, but most the majority of those were dating sim-like games. And there, there's definitely some fun to be had there. You know, they're very, they're very interesting and very unique games as far as that is concerned. But uh, and I, I believe there's also another game in there that is... Uh, a knockoff, or I guess I'd say a copy of a, a simple arcade game called Puyo Puyo, which has been has made its way over here to the West in the form of Kirby's Avalanche and other stuff. But there there are other avenues for it. But this game, this Tenchi game in particular, was actually very well fleshed out. It's in the same vein as Final Fantasy Tactics, as Pi said. So of course, if you're a fan of that, you'll enjoy that. And like JG said, it had, the writing for it is very, you, you feel like you're playing an episode of Tenchi. Uh, and it's uh, it, very enjoyable in the way that it presents itself. It looks very good for as long as it's been around. And de I definitely enjoyed it. It was the one game out of all of the Tenchi ones that you can actually go back to multiple times and really enjoy yourself. What about Game Hen stands out to you over everything else in Tenchi? Oh, goodness. Um, well, the first one is easy. This one is not easy. It's the complete package. Like, it, it really is. You've got 
like uh, JG was alluding to earlier, you got a lot of everything. Like you've got dabbings of uh, Daughter of Darkness. You've got some. Uh, you've got some shades of the manga in there. Uh, it's it's ostensibly set in the OVA universe, I believe, but yet at the same time, it's got some universe characters in it as well. So it's it's really the complete package for Tenshi. Um, as for like what makes the game itself stand out to me um, in Tenshi is is just the customizability of it all. Like you can play it's it's a relatively short game. You can play through it in one sitting and in maybe two hours, but you'd be missing out on so much. Because you don't need to get all the characters, you don't need to unlock all the characters, and neither do you need to level up all the characters. But if you actually put the time in and collect all the characters, I think there's 10 or 12, because all the main cast and then several side characters. So you can collect them all, and they all have their own special abilities and perks. But the real fun is actually leveling them all up to get to their their uh, their final level. And to, to unlock their final ultimate move, and each one has their own unique move, and it's really a surprise for a lot of them. Some of them are pretty, some of them are pretty cool, and what you would expect, like Tenshi, when he gets to level ten, he can he can use the uh, the Lighthawk wings and seriously wreck wreck things up on on the game board. But others are others are slightly more humorous, like Sasami. When you get her to level ten, she can become pretty pretty Sammy, the magical girl, and use her powers that way. And Mohoshi can call in an airstrike from Kione in, a, in an airship. So it's it's really fun to unlock all the extra stuff because you can put in you can put in the time and make it a really thorough, long lasting game. And that's what that's what really makes it stand out for me. It's just one the customizability, and two the just the overall complete package of the game. It's it's so it's such a it is the complete Tenshi Muyo package in game form, and it's got it's got such good replay value, like Dagon said. So those are that's those are the those are the reasons that make it stand out to me. What makes the game stand out to me is the fact that it is a game. It is very interactive. It's something that you you yourself touched on a moment ago, Dagon, is that you, you get to really interact with the characters. You get to control the characters, move them around the game board, uh, control, the, control the way the battle goes. And actually, as you level up and switch your characters in and out, you actually control how, the, how certain parts of the story progress. So it's... It's not just that you're playing and experiencing a Tenshi chapter. You're also, in many ways, controlling how a lot of this goes. So it's you essentially it's allowing you to have have access direct access to the director's chair of a story and say, okay, let's try doing this package and see this way. For example, I mean, as T- Chuck mentioned a moment ago, you could have a heavy loadout and have uh, Tenshi Ryoko and uh, Zaka and probably uh, Katsuhito and just blow through the game really, really fast. What's the fun in that, if you can't have a have a little side fun here and there, have a party that's uh, Ryuoki, Two of the Guardians, and Ayaka go go into combat and see how that see how that pans out. A little bit of a warning here. Uh, don't spend your time with two with one a couple particular characters. You might regret it later. There's a lot of things that you don't learn about the game until later on in it. And depending upon how you've 
min-maxed your characters, you may regret it. The strat- It's actually a very good strat- strategy game as well. Again, I allude to Final Fantasy Tactics, but also Super Robot Wars uh, is a similar style game. And that's what actually stands out to me, is that it is kind of an intricate game where you have to pay attention to uh, not just the, the plot of the story, but also uh, where your characters are and how you've developed them along the way. I think overall the amount of polish that was put into the game, because being as somebody who grew up with the SNES era or the Famicom, a lot of games, there are very few in the catalog that had a great deal of effort put into them. A lot of it was just retiled environments and stuff like that. Here they took a lot of effort to make every environment different. Every environment have its own enemy group. Every character have its own attacks. Every character have upgradable options. Every, like I said, environment was interesting. You go from inside of Tenchi's house to all over the entire Tenchi mountainside from like the carrot fields to the onsen to yosho ship tree that's out in the uh, lake um there's a bunch of different places all on that map and then you can end up in Ryooki. you can end up on different locations in space and all of them have some kind of like graphical effect going on the floor all of them have some kind of thing going in the background it overall is just you know, they polished and polished and polished, and they put some effort into it. And you've got dialogue constantly popping up. So it's not like they skimped on any particular area to say that it's lacking. You know, the whole thing is the whole package was well done. One of the enemy characters is kind of weak in the end game, so to speak. But again, it has to be taken as a whole package. And in that regard, it's you know pretty stellar. Also to note is that for people that are trying, you know, hearing what Pi is talking about in regards to uh, games that is similar to the most common, probably modern game would be XCOM Enemy Unknown with its kind of tile-based combat where you have to get up close to an enemy to actually be in attack range. You get your turn to attack after you move. So it's very similar to that. The one thing I that definitely stood out to me more than anything was just kind of what JG had just touched on was the amount of work and the amount of polish that they put into the game. Like, coming from a Western perspective, 99% of the games that we get that are tied into a TV show or tied into a movie are pretty bad. Like, they not necessarily in that they're bad games, although a lot of them are bad games, but you can tell that they were rushed out as quick as humanly possible to get the game out there to monetize the name, to get, you know, essentially to cash in on it. This game is not one of those games. You know, the amount of work that went into this game was an incredible amount of work. One thing that Borderline, who is the person who finished the 100% translation of the game, said he said that the coding was sloppy when he went in to finish it because uh, he was also partly a game coder, which is why he uh, went through and did what he did. But, I mean, he, I, I've, I've seen... I've played the game in three different incarnations. I played it... In Japanese a little bit, I played it when LNF did their translation, and I did Borderlines 100%. And even then, the while the game did get a little bit more stable when Borderline went in and fixed things, the game still played fine with LNF's translation, which didn't touch the coding at all. The game is incredibly, incredibly polished for not only that time period, but you know for the amount of work that went into it. It's, it's, an, it's really incredible that they put that much into it. 
but back to the story, it, it's not like mind blowingly original as far as like you know Tenchi stories are concerned, but considering the new characters that were added to it and what their parts are and the fact that they didn't just throw in here's a bad guy, here's the good guys blah 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 that they actually kind of thought it out a little bit and there's just a little bit of depth it's not a crazy amount you know it's not something that'll get you uh contemplating existential planes but it will it will definitely there's definitely cool parallels between Shitsuki and Kusumi and Washu and Ryoko that you see come out a number of times and uh, we'll get to those characters in a second Game Hen introduces us to two brand new characters who only appear in this single game and not anywhere else in Tenchi. Shitsuki and Kusumi. What are your thoughts on them? Um, well, like you said, Dagon, uh, it's cool that they're they're brand new characters. Um, and the story is is not like super depth. Like you're not getting into an OVA uh, an OVA style game here, so it's not super deep. But they're they're very interesting characters, and like you alluded to. It's very similar. They have a they have a relationship that's somewhat analogous to Washu and Ryoko. Uh, Kusumi is is a uh, I think she's a former like a former colleague of Washu or something at the uh, at the Galaxy Science Academy, and she's come to uh, sort of take revenge on Washu, I guess, for some slight in the past. And so uh, she has uh, uh, the other character, Shitsuki, is sort of a uh, a Ryoko type character. She's been uh, created by Kusumi to help aid her in this attack on the Tenshi household. But uh, Shitsuki is is uh, she's she's a lot more lighthearted than just a regular old attack drone. She's uh, she she goofs around. She makes jokes. Uh, she's she's an all around fun character to uh, to go up against. And eventually. Um, not to spoil anything, but uh, there are parts where you do have to work together as much as you have to work against her, and it's it's really fun to incorporate these characters into the cast, and it, and they do fit for a game. They fit perfectly fine. It's uh, you're obviously you're not getting Kagato levels of character development here, but uh, they they fit. They click with the cast, and it's funny to see some of the headbutting going on between Ryoko and Shitsuki. And Washu and Kasumi, and so I, I thought they were very—they were very fun characters. And this was a game, after all, fun more than depth. I rather liked uh, Shitsuki as a character. She was she was pretty much a bubbly, very active character. She played a very good foil to Ryoko, who, in many instances, when she's not uh, verbally sparring or actually sparring with R- with Ayaka, Ryoko tends to be kind of more on the si- on the serious end about some certain things in this in this story. On the other hand, Shitsuki is, as Chuck mentioned, is cracking jokes, ma- making quips, and this, that, and the other. Being genre specific, maybe she shouldn't quip so much. Um, actually, and. Kasumi is very much a good foil to wa- to Washu. She's the rival trying to upstage her colleague and so on. The parallels are very similar to Yuzuha and Mayuka, especially in the relationship between Kasumi and uh, Shitsuki. However, the relationship in as far as like how they're portrayed in the game is closer to being like Yume and uh, he- and the Shima brothers in the manga, because. Shitsuki it, it willingly and knowingly goes after Washu and the Washu Tenshi and so on in the household under Kusumi's orders. It's not until other things happen that well the relationship gets more in depth. 
but she's very much targeted. She goes in there, does her thing, she goofs around, but her combative style is very much more, it has less defense than Ryoko's. She takes her care, it actually, her her character uh, play style reflects her personality rather dramatically. She has very little defense, but her offense is off the charts. Uh, Ryoko's offense is is fairly high as well, uh, even early on, but her defense is higher. She can take more damage than than it seems that uh, Shitsuki could. Again, you have a lot of parallels between the two of them, as well as parallels to other characters that in the series. Uh, seeing that particular mix of personalities in this actually makes me interested to see if anyone, director or writer, could incorporate these two characters into the series. Uh, possibly op- op- opposite uh, Yume and the Shima brothers, to essentially give Washu some more colleagues. Suki, really, to me, was kind of annoying through most of the game because she just drops in and will sometimes do some damage and then pop right out as far as gameplay goes. At that point in the game, I had really, really used uh, Ryoko heavily. So, you know, without spoiling anything, can't really say too much there, but, you know, let your mind wander. Their relationship-wise reminds me of, like I would said earlier, and Pai said, the whole uh, Yuzuha and uh, Mayuka comparison. There's also another one, is uh, Dr. Clay and Zero. So that theme just you know, keeps popping up over and over and over. And she is creator and marionette. For Kasumi, she seems a little bit more like Yuzuha, both in appearance and, you know, deed a little bit. She's, you know, a little conniving person that's trying to get back at Washu, similar to how Yuzuha went after Yosho and Tenji. You could also draw a little bit of a parallel to uh, El Hazard, maybe a little bit with Thor and her aid. So, eh, it, they were all right. They, they serve their purpose as far as it goes. You know, they could pop up in some other media at some point, and I don't think it would disturb things too much. Like I said, they fit with the manga, I think, more so than anywhere else, because this is kind of a mishmash of universe, OVA, other things. The first thing you see when the game loads is Shitsuki dancing. Now, of course, we're all saying Shitsuki, but one of the things that you may not know, again, if you or if you were an older fan, uh, is that with the original translation, which was incomplete by LNF, they translated her name as Mitsuki, but her name is in fact Shitsuki. I translated the manual. I, it is there, believe it or not. One thing I found interesting is that when I translated the manual and was going over everybody's names, is that their two names in particular are not... They're odd in how they're presented because both Shitsuki and Kusumi are not first names. They're not, you know, first names in Japanese. They're very odd in the Japanese language. And you'll notice that quite a bit through Tenchi in general uh, is that Shitsuki's name is actually named after a place. This place is the Shitsuki district in Okayama Prefecture. Uh, Many other characters in Tenchi were named after places in Okayama Prefecture or around there, and you're probably going to ask yourself, what what about Okayama Prefecture is important to this? Well, the Masaki Shrine is in, or said to be in, Okayama Prefecture. In fact, I think Ryoko's actual cave is there, so that's the connection in that Shitsuki District is what they almost unanimously named Shitsuki after, because they did that with a lot of other characters in Tenchi. 
I don't know a whole lot about Kasumi as far as exactly where she's from. Again, though, her first, her name, her first name is not a first name. So, uh, it's more, Kasumi is more used as a last name. And so, uh, I was looking around trying to figure out what her connection was because if Shitsuki has one, she more than likely has one. Uh, and the only two things I could find were one, that she was, her name was based off of the famous Japanese painter Kusumi Morikage, who, and this is kind of where I drew that connection, was he is known to, or he is known as an excellent painter of drawing farmers and common people, which would be a slight nod to Tenchi being a farm boy and farming carrots. And, or it could be a reference to the Kusumi lab at Kyoto University, which would make sense because Kasumi is a scientist. Kyoto lab, or Kyoto University, Kasumi lab, you know, like Washu, she's a scientist. I don't have any, any clear tie to that. Those are just the two things that I found that I thought were, you know, could be nice nods to her name because her name, she's obviously named after something. Just what that is in particular, uh, I'm not sure. Both of the characters I really enjoyed. When I first saw Shitsuki, I thought she was going to be kind of like a, a Sasami-like character, but she's much more, much more like a Ryoko, if not even more mischievous, because she pops in and she does things with malice, but she doesn't, or not even really malice, she just does things that hurt people, but she doesn't necessarily do it because she enjoys it. Uh, she does it because she's told to, but obviously she, she's the type of person that, well, while I'm here, I might as well enjoy it. She's a really, she's a really unique character. Kusumi, on the other hand, is literally a female version of Dr. Clay, except she doesn't suck as much as Dr. Clay does. You know, she, <laughs> she actually has a little bit more going for her than Dr. Clay, but, uh, you'll notice a little bit like the, I, I believe it's the logo on the front of her hat. It's kind of like a, kind of the same thing that Dr. Clay did, but in that it's a unique symbol for her. But I liked both of the new characters. I thought they really, really added to it. And, uh, an interesting note is that in the game, Shitsuki is voiced by the Japanese Seiyu who was the voice of Nagi in Tenchi Universe. So that is, it's an interesting two characters that were added to a game that for all intents and purposes was sort of to be a tie-in to the series. And now we are going to open up to general discussion. Dagon, you just reminded me, I forgot to mention, uh, for any, for all those out there listening, the game actually does have voices in it because um, there's audio and each character has a voice and the voices of the characters, all of them, are their original Japanese voice actors from the show itself. So that's another really cool little thing that they a nice touch that they added in there. So when you when you hear, hear Ryoko shout her battle cry in Japanese of course, it is, is the voice of Ayasa, uh Ryoko's voice actress in Japan and same with all the other characters. So it's it's another really cool touch that they added in the game. It's it just makes it just adds that whole another level of uh connectedness with uh with the rest of Tenshi. Because on the Super Famicom, you, you were limited by the cart size. I mean, you if you look at games like Super Metroid and what have you, 16 megabit cartridges were a thing for, for, for the time. And to have even limited voice acting, I mean, you don't have like full-on all the text is actually spoken throughout the game. But you have, again, like 
little character voiced clips here and there for different for different scenes for when you uh, select a particular character when they get wounded that kind of thing that took up some space on the card to actually get that in high enough fidelity to recognize their voices and that is a nice nice touch along with the as uh, JG and company have said earlier the art was made very very unique for this game to make it very uh, very applicable to the Tenji uh, uh, continuities I think one thing that's pretty interesting is that uh, Tenchi, for as long as it was around, it's interesting that no other... I mean, they did make a lot of games in that, you know, they, they went the dating sim game route, but Tenchi, Tenchi has the ability to kind of branch out. Like, it could, it could be a whole number of different games. I think RPG works well for Tenchi because of... Just each of the characters could be a different class. You could have Sasami, she's the healer. You have uh, Tenchi, he's the the fighter or the warrior. You've got Ryoko, who is kind of a... Battle mage. Yeah, she could be a battle mage. And then you have uh, uh, Washu, who could be the mage, the dark mage, whatever. There's there's definitely a lot of areas that you could play. And I mean, hell, even when they did uh, the Goku Raku CDs... Which were, Goku Raku is kind of like information CDs. They were like encyclopedia type games that, and if you were a kid in the 90s in the US, you got a boatload of those for old, you know, Windows 3.1 and 95 and stuff. So, uh, but the reference to that is on the front of those games and in those games, they have cells and pictures of the Tenchi cast in like swords and sorcery type armor. So the idea that they could be, you know, in RPGs has been around for a long time, especially on the Japanese side of things. It also helped the Lotus War was coming around at the same time. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of areas that Tenchi could go in as far as games are concerned. And I personally would like to see another RPG. I'd love to see a sequel to Game Hen, Game Hen 2, because it's just fun. You can come back to it. And it's modern games, like JG pointed out, which I'm, I'm glad you pointed out, because it is a good comparison, is XCOM. XCOM is addictive, as all get out. And I think that a sequel... a I don't know if I want to see the sprites go away, because... It would really depend on how it was done, but I think that a a fleshed out modern sequel to the first game, the first game hand in the style of XCOM with Tenchi, I think that could really be something. On that note, what type of other games, you know, taking maybe what you've learned or enjoyed from this, maybe besides the RPG type style, would uh, you like to see Tenchi to perhaps branch out to besides what we've seen portrayed in Game Hen. Tenchi Racing. <laughs> oh, goodness, race, yes. race all the starships. Oh, God, I'd have yes. to be like, I'd have to be like Crash Bandicoot Racing. Mario Kart, some craziness like that. But uh, you could do it in the same vein as, uh, like, uh, Wipeout, I think that was the one that had, like, the floating ships. You could do something in that vein and kind of have it you know, like race around planets or race around uh, universal, you know, race around the galaxy a little bit or something. Have that be like the Rainbow Road. But you could definitely do that because each of the characters, like Ryoko has Ryooki, uh, Mihoshi and Kiona have the Yagami, uh, Nagi has her ship, uh, Kenoki, um, Sasami and uh, Sasami has Tsunami. Aika has uh, Funado. Aika, Ryu. I mean, they they all have they all have ships, so you could absolutely do a racing game. How it would probably make people laugh, like, oh my god, this is the game they went with. But I mean, you could do it. Sims Muyo. You know, it's funny because they 
The Sims, not too long ago, a couple years back, started branching out and doing things based on particular situations. Like they had Sims Medieval and Sims Pirates. You could do that. You could make a Sims Tenchi because then you could make the entire game based around something. Because uh, I know people have made mods, especially for Sims 2. They made mods for uh, uh, like the hair and the body style and whatnot of... Uh, the girls like Washu and Ryoko and stuff, but to ha you you could do that. You could have a a Sims Tenchi, Sims Tenchi Muyo, and kind of have like the base of the game based around happenings in Tenchi. So that way you would have the Sim thing that everybody loves, but then you'd also have kind of a story going on or like an end game goal that would kind of fit more uh, fit towards Tenchi. So it, it would that would that'd be a good idea. Actually, we've talked periodically about transferring like one medium of Tenshi to another. For example, like taking the manga and making it an animated. That's that was discussed. Uh, we've also chatted about the novels periodically. I think it'd be kind of interesting the way, especially the way Game Gamehen portrays the uh, characters this way, uh, the way they in, are in this uh, sprite-based medium. If you were to take, say, a chapter of the manga, like the introduction of Minagi, or uh, the battle with Yakage, or hell, the entire frilling Yume arc, and essentially make that into an into an RPG much like the one that they have here. Or possibly more towards a uh, t uh, more turn-based or active, active time turn-based uh, RPG. Uh, much more like the more classic Final Fantasies or Saga or any of the any of those RPGs. I mean that way you can actually get a good a nice little storyline as well as introducing people to perhaps chapters of things that they haven't seen or read or had access to. I could totally go for a uh, turn-based strategy game, a la Sid Meier's Civilization or uh, Alpha Centauri, where you play as uh, one of the civilizations in Tenshi, having to expand your territory, negotiate with like pirates and shit, and um, like declaring war and making peace and all that. That'd be kind of fun. I, I could see that working. I'm surprised there hasn't been a battler, you know, a 2D style battler like uh, Gundam Battle Assault, or actually there was one on the SNES done to the vein of Street Fighter that was um, Gundam Wing Endless Duel, uh, which would have been similar. So I'm surprised that actually never came out of the gate. The 2D fighting thing has been something that a lot of people have wanted to do just because of the sheer size of games like Street Fighter and just how long it's been around. But I think one of the reasons they never went for that was because despite the show having a lot of action in it, it was never really oriented towards fighting. It was oriented more towards what was going on, like the plot and the romance and stuff like that. It's funny because a lot of times that wouldn't be a problem until it came over here. Hence why we had, hence why there were problems with poison coming over in Final Fight was because uh, apparently it was okay. But I, I think one thing I that would work for Tenchi as a platformer, the because it, it's adventure based. You know, the first thing I think of is uh, the one episode where they're on Jirai and Tenchi is cross dressing. It sounds crazy, but he's running around, he's hitting people, and he's adventuring. That's kind of the adventure story is kind of something that's always been with Tenchi. It's been a facet of Tenchi. And one of the best ways to portray that and also still get in a, a little bit of action but also still be able to tell a story is a platformer because there's a whole a whole realm of things you could do with that. And, you know, I think of the fights with Kagato, both of them. You could look at that and say, well, especially the, the universe Kagato fight, 
that big board, the big, you know, throne room and the fighting and Aiko's off in the corner. It sets itself up, I think, really well to be done in a 2D platformer type role because it, it just, it's kind of made for it and you could work it really well that way, I think. Oh, I could totally see that. Something like, uh, like the old Zelda games. Uh, oh man, I could see it. I could just see it now. Like Tenshi meet, meeting with Yosho in in the room, and Yosho saying it's dangerous to go alone. Tenshi, take this, handing him the the Tenshi Ken, and setting forth to explore space. Oh, so much fun! I was actually going to mention that like a puzzle puzzle platformer or an action RPG like Zelda would actually be uh, somewhat appropriate. I think too that we're moving from the age of 2D and 3D into personal 3D, I guess you could call it, with the Oculus Rift and motion controls being the uh, you know mainstays, I guess, of our generation. You know, it'd be interesting. You mentioned the throne room fight. What if you did that first person and you had a, a PlayStation Move controller in your hand instead of a Tenshiken? So, you know, there's different ways of thinking about that, too. I had kind of thought about that, but it's interesting because as big as Tenshi is, I don't know if it would be able to retain. I mean, if 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 if, if the line of thought is like something on the level of like Fallout or Oblivion or the, the Elder Scrolls games, I don't think it has enough in it to warrant able to make a full game out of that do do i think that you know having duels like that you know kind of in the same vein as uh although not to the same crappy degree the uh the lightsaber fighting games in star wars i think you could do something like that absolutely but i don't think a full fleshed out game in the first person would necessarily work you could get a lot of other things into it you could work in uh, like, for instance, the reason so many dating sim games were made was, you know, because it was, who's Tenchi going to get with? He's got all these girls. You could definitely explore in the first person stuff like that, doing quests for characters to kind of get them to like you more, to help them on, help you on an adventure or whatever. Uh, I, this is just me personally, and, you know, this is a discussion for another time. I don't think that, I, I think VR is a little bit farther off than people give it credit for, but... I think as far in the in the first person realm, you could do it. I think Tenshi could be done that way. It would just not be, you, you wouldn't put a hundred hours into the game, and in the same way that there's a hundred hours to get out of it. Well, here's here's a thought, and I'll throw this out there, although it's probably going to be slightly long winded. But if you take the VR element of it and say you're first person, let's say that it you get assigned to be a person as to one of the many factions in the universe. And eventually you can work your way up to, you know, get a spaceship or get on board a spaceship or be as part of the GXP or whatever. You know, you could potentially, I would be thinking more towards like a MMORPG, something crossed between the state of, say, Sword Art and Sims and, you know, something else where your, like, special event in the universe is Kagato wiping out some planets or, you know, dry doing something or so forth. You know, you could, you know, add in, say, you need to buff up your character, whatever, much like Skiram does and farm carrots. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. I don't think there's enough there, like you said, to maybe tie it together as an overall package. But there's plenty of things to do. And if you combine all the different versus, so to speak, between Duel and Photon and Sakishi and the different Tenchi variants, um, 
Elhazard, I think I said already. So if you combine all those and made them different worlds that you could go and visit or like flip a switch and hop dimensions back and forth and your actions played a role in the overall universe, it could be compelling. Absolutely. Is there anybody have any last words they want to throw out there? Real quick, getting back to Game Hen, just the friendly word of advice, players, diversify your teams because you you will you will need it later on. You can't just power through on two or three characters. Actually, as an added bit of advice, level up Ayaka first. You you will be doing yourself a lot of favors in doing that. Trust me, tension, having Tenshi and Ryoko as your mainline fighters, good idea. Ayaka is your only healer for a long time. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of episode 21, No Need for Tenshi Muyo Game Hand. If you like what we do, come join the discussion over at TenshiForum.com. And subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on iTunes, Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media outlet you decide to use. And if you are a translator or someone who knows Japanese, we are always looking for help working on our projects. And we have a very special project that we have in the works, and it will be coming out at some point in the near-determined future. And the more people we get, the faster those come out. Until next time, stay gold. (laughs) 